0: The Republican Party is at a crossroads. Over right now, it's focused over this fight between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Disney. And the, the the reason I say that the Republican Party is at a crossroads is because within the conservative movement, there are two schools of thought on what DeSantis has done stripping Disney of their special governing status in the state of Florida. And by the way, this is something that is not noted enough. It wasn't just DeSantis via executive order or unilaterally who stripped Disney of their special governing status. This was done by the legislature and it was signed into law by Governor DeSantis. So it is the people's representatives in the Florida state house, the Florida state legislature, And the governor, who um, jointly, as it should be done, did this to Disney, revoked their special governing status. And the first thing that we should be asking here, before we even get to the question of, was this the right thing to do? Was it or was it not? And what does this mean? We should be asking why this happened. Because the argument that's coming from some within the Republican Party who are against what DeSantis did is they say that this is a violation of free speech. This is setting a dangerous precedent. They say that this is retaliation. This was DeSantis retaliating against Disney because Disney chose a political position that DeSantis did not like. And that's obviously, that would be hypothetically a violation of your First Amendment if the government retaliates against an individual or a corporation acting as an individual um, based just on politics here. So as I said, we have to ask the question, wh- what what happened? What did Disney do? So remember, Chris Rufo, amazing, brilliant, independent journalist, Chris Rufo, exposed Disney behind-the-scenes videos from Disney's corporation, their corporate meetings, where the CEO was saying that they have a queer agenda. She was talking about, or high-level executives were talking about their children being pansexual and transgender, and um, how they, they strive to have 50% of their characters be LGBTQ, how di- different individuals involved in decision-making at Disney talked about specifically inserting woke LGBTQ ideology into this children's programming, as I said, intentionally, on purpose, in order to indoctrinate kids. And then, as if, as if that's not enough, then we have Disney spending money against the Parental Rights and Education Bill, speaking up after it to try to dilute it. And so these um, these two different things, did the videos that exposed Disney trying to queer your children and then Disney's political activism against the Parental Rights and Education Bill, those are two different things. And they really need to be noted. We need to understand that they are two different things and why they are two different things. Because the former is Disney showing what value they bring to the community or what value they do not bring to the community. Either basically what value they bring or what poison they bring to the community. The second is political activity. And um, DeSantis and the legislature stripping Disney of their special governing status has more to do with Disney trying to queer your children than with their political speech. And so today I'm going to argue that DeSantis's move is legal. Of course, it's legal. It is wise, and it's absolutely necessary. We're going to debunk the arguments that DeSantis is violating free speech, setting dangerous precedents, or costing taxpayers um, in Florida millions of dollars. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. If you could see and taste this filet mignon from moinkbox.com, well, you would order it right now. But for now, let me tell you, it's delicious, and I'm telling you, you've got to get moinkbox.com. Now, you know I'm vegan. I'm open about this. So what did I do? I asked my husband, who is not vegan, what he thinks of this product. Is it good, I ask him. Is it worth endorsing, I ask him. And his answer was a resounding yes, which is why I cook it for him frequently. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to our door. This helps family farms become financially independent, which I like outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors. Their fish swim wild in the ocean and Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other gross, disgusting junk you find prepackaged in the meat aisle. So sign up at moinkbox.com Liz to get a year of free filet mignon. And then you get to pick what meats you want delivered with your first box. You can change what you get every month. You can cancel anytime. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash Liz. You have to use my URL right now, and you'll get free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but it is for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Liz. Moinkbox.com slash Liz. Okay, so... What I want to talk about today builds on actually what Spencer Clavin talked about with you last week. Huge thank you to Spencer for guest hosting this show while I was on the road. He did an amazing job. I ended up listening to his episode at like 1130 at night after I was finished with um my event and it was so good i learned a ton he did he did an amazing job so um i know we are all grateful but what i want to talk about today actually builds on what spencer clavin talks about and anybody who wants to hear more spencer clavin you can do what i do i uh subscribe to his podcast young heretics i am a few episodes behind on his show but i'm in the middle of listening to the firstest things which is really really good it's very good um, anyway, I, I want to build today on what Spencer discussed last week. He, he discussed corporations and the idea that corporations are treated as individuals and that most corporations have general incorporation, which means that they have either rights or privileges that are given to them, but are also given to others, that a- a- any entity that wants to incorporate is entitled to certain rights and privileges. And then you have corporations like Disney that are given special privileges and that that those two Differences are significant. It's it's really two different things here, and this is something that the Republican Party. This is a debate or a conflict, a, a, some kind of tension in the conservative movement right now um, between a lot of really good and wise thinkers. Are this 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 disagreement over what DeSantis is doing with Disney. Um, deserves to be addressed because there are people like Jenna Ellis, like Charles Cook at the National Review, David French, Jonah Goldberg, who are arguing that what DeSantis is doing to Disney or DeSantis in the legislature did to Disney, stripping them of their special governing status, that this is an assault on free speech and it will set a bad precedent. And then there is, uh, there is the other side of the conservative movement that says, no, you know what? Why should Disney have special status um, when they are not serving when they are not serving the people of Florida, because the people of Florida gave them, through the legislature, this special this special governing status, um, because of what Disney was supposed to bring to the people in the interest of the people, they gave this status. If they are no longer serving the interest of the people, why should they retain that status? It should be revoked. Um, as I said, my position on this, I, I am in this latter group. I think that DeSantis not only has a right legally to do this, DeSantis And the legislature. I think it's it's wise and prudent. And more importantly, I think it's necessary given what we are fighting against um in in the radical left, the agenda of the Marxist left. And we're gonna we're gonna get to all of that in just a minute. But I I wanna start today by reading and going line by line through an article written by Charles Cook at the National Review. This is a very good faith argument from um, Charles Cook. I don't agree with it. I think it's incorrect, and I want to. I want to show you. I want to talk to you today exactly about exactly why it's incorrect. But this is a good faith argument. It's not. It's not from the left who just hate hate Republicans. It's not from never Trumpers or anti-DeSantis folks who are blinded by their personal hatred of these politicians. Th- this is a good faith, a good faith argument. It it just happens to be incorrect. So let's um, let's explore why this is what he writes. This is the title of the piece. Ron DeSantis's misguided attack on Disney's legal status by Charles Cook. Like I said, if you want to read the article for yourself, um, well, you can either Google it or I'll post it on Locals for easy access for everybody. This is what Cook writes. He goes, the governor already won. There's no need for the Republican Party of Florida to salt the earth. That's the subtitle. He writes, yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis issued a proclamation instructing a special session of the Florida legislature to review whether Walt Disney World's 50-year-old independent special district status should be rescinded now that the Walt Disney Company has had the temerity to annoy the Republican Party. Yes, don't you just love... Little, little, little rhetorical phrases like that—the temerity to annoy the Republican Party—it's it, grooming children is what Disney was doing. So it's not—it's not just a a political tit for tat here. As I said, it's really important what Disney was doing. They aren't just advocating against legislation, which is their right to do as a corporation. It might not be wise, but it's their right to do it. Um, but they—they they admitted that they are trying to well queer your children. So. Yes, it does annoy the Republican Party, and for good reason. Cook says Disney's status, DeSantis wrote, should not be subject to a review meant to ensure that it is appropriately serving the public interest as required by the Constitution of Florida. So this is a really interesting little phrase here, which is is sort of um, I mean, it's in the first paragraph, but it's stuck on the back of the sentence, and it's something that even conservatives Aren't talking about enough that this is required by the Constitution of Florida. These independent special districts, they, they, the Constitution of Florida requires that the legislature um, constantly reevaluate whether these districts are in the best interest of the people of Florida. And um, just because the legislature in Florida hasn't done this, hasn't reevaluated whether these districts are in the best interest as often as some might like, doesn't mean that um, they shouldn't now. This this is required by the Constitution. Cook says, this escalation represents an ugly and ill-conceived mistake, a blemish on DeSantis's otherwise mostly excellent gubernatorial record. Those who've defended the move argue that sticking it to Disney in this matter demonstrates that the Republican Party is willing to fight and will thus represent a victory for conservatism. But this, Cook writes, is silly. Admirably, Governor DeSantis has already fought Disney and he has already won. The policy about which Disney chose stupidly to complain is now Florida law. It passed both houses of the state legislature. It was signed by DeSantis, who had been correctly defiant in the face of Disney's gripes, and it enjoys the support of broad majorities of Floridians. There is no need for the Republican Party of Florida to salt the earth here. It has prevailed in every particular. So that's that's all correct fact-wise. It's correct fact-wise um, that DeSantis did defeat Disney at the legislative level, but it's not just the legislative level that we're talking about. Remember right before, or right at the beginning of this show, I said that there were two different um, things that Disney has done. Disney has both admitted behind the scenes that they are actively trying to indoctrinate children in queer theory, and they have publicly advocated against this legislation. Those are two different things. And just because DeSantis did defeat Disney um, with the parental rights and education bill at the legislative level doesn't mean that their business, their business, which they have said is now dedicated to this queer agenda. They 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 are dedicated to that agenda while enjoying privileges um get bestowed upon them by the Florida government, by the Florida State Legislature, the Florida State Um Constitution, the Florida State Governor. And that is what we're talking about today. That is what we're talking about. So when when people say that Florida is just being vindictive or DeSantis is being vindictive, that this is retaliatory for free speech, it it, it isn't about the legislative argument as much as it's about what Disney is bringing, what values Disney is bringing to Florida. And in that sense, it's perfectly appropriate for DeSantis to call a special session of the legislature and the legislature to evaluate whether... Florida's independent special district status, their governing status, their district is still appropriate, whether this is in the best interest of, um, the people of Florida and the taxpayers there. And I, I, I think when people like Charles Cook conflate these two things, the legislative part of what Disney is doing and their agenda, their querying agenda, um, that's a mistake and it will lead you. It's, it's a false, not a false premise, but it's an incorrect premise that leads to, um, well, not a very not a very good result, which is what we're seeing here from his article. Cook goes on to say, presented with this objection, advocates of further ret- uh, retribution tend to switch gears and contend that Walt Disney World is not entitled to the setup it enjoys in Florida. That no law is guaranteed to last forever, and that Disney's special status granted before 1968 was probably due for reconsideration anyway. In a vacuum, these arguments are all defensible, but in context, they resent they represent an extreme form of gaslighting. Extreme form of gaslighting. Okay. Until about a month ago, Walt Disney World's legal status was not even a blip on the GOP's radar. No Republicans were calling for it to be revisited, nor did they have any reason to. Yes, Disney—remember that sentence. We're going to come back to that in a sec. Yes, Disney isn't entitled to its arrangement, but Disney wasn't entitled to it in 2012, 2002, 1992, 1982, or 1972 either, and yet, amazingly enough, the legislature showed zero interest in rescinding it when given the opportunity on those occasions. That it's doing so now is ugly. That it's pretending that it's doing so out of a concern for good government is grotesque. Okay, so several big flaws in, in, in this paragraph. So he says, no Republicans were calling for it to be revisited, nor did they have any reason to. He's talking about in the past. That's exactly correct. They didn't have any reason to. The reason that DeSantis and the legislature are revisiting it now, as they are allowed to do, as they are called to do by the Florida State Constitution, is because all of a sudden they had a reason to wonder, to question, to evaluate. Is this special governing status still in the interest of the Florida taxpayer? And is Disney bringing values to our state that's in the interest of our people? And Disney themselves gave Republicans the reason. This wasn't something invented by DeSantis. This wasn't something invented by Republicans. This wasn't something fabricated by the legislature. Disney themselves said that they had a queer agenda. Disney themselves said that they were going to make 50% of their characters LGBTQ. There were there were folks that worked for Disney who on this video said they received little pushback as they predominantly featured LGBTQ theory and themes in this children's children's programming. So, yes, they didn't. Republicans in Florida didn't reevaluate this or didn't call for it to be revisited on all these other during these other timeframes when they had opportunities to do so because they didn't necessarily have a reason. Well, now they have a reason, and so that's the impetus for revisiting it. This this isn't nonsensical, or gro- what's his word, grotesque. As Cook says, this is actually perfectly sensible. They have a reason now, therefore that's why they're thinking about it. Because in politics, as you know, there you have to prioritize in politics. There is an unlimited amount of Things that any governing official needs to do or can do, and so in politics you have a, a limited amount of political capital, whether it's constrained by time, by authority, by cooperation with the legislature, what it, whatever it is, you 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 don't have the opportunity, the capacity to do everything. So you prioritize. This this is this is not new information. This is this is this is obvious, and. There was never any reason for the state of Florida to revisit this because it was on it was low on the priority list. Disney wasn't being a problem. They weren't harming anybody. They were bringing a lot of tourism, a lot of money to the state of Florida. So the legislators in Florida had other things to prioritize, other things to do, more important things to take care of until Disney gave them a reason to reevaluate, a reason that lifted... Whether or not the state should have ever been giving special governing districts to anybody, whether this is crony capitalism, which I would argue it is, I don't think it's a good idea, um, all of a sudden, on the priority list, it was elevated based on the reason that Disney gave. So Cook misses this point in his piece. He goes on to say it's also bad policy. Walt Disney World's setup in Florida is indeed unusual, but it doesn't quite make sense to call it a carve-out. Properly understood, a carve-out is a rule that is applied differently to entities of a similar or identical nature. The Walt Disney Company, for example, enjoys a brazen carve-out in Florida's tech regulation bill, an exemption for Disney Plus that was not granted to Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Max. By contrast, the rules that apply to Walt Disney World could be better described as tailored. For, despite the insinuations of many Florida Republicans, Walt Disney World's accommodation is unique, not in its type, but only in its particulars. As it happens, Florida has 1,844 special districts, of which 1,288 are, like Walt Disney World, independent. The villages where Governor DeSantis made his announcement about the review of Walt Disney World's status is independent, as are Orlando International Airport and the Daytona International Speedway. Clearly, while Disney World is a weird place, it is the size of San Francisco, it straddles two counties, and by necessity, it relies on an infrastructure cachet that has been custom built to its peculiar needs. To claim that the laws that enable this oddity to work represent a special break is akin to claiming that the laws that facilitate special installations, um, such as the World Trade Center or Cape Canaveral, are special breaks. True, in the narrowest sense, but false when examined more closely. I don't think that this is a convincing argument because yes, there are other special independent districts in Florida, but they are certainly a carve out because as I mentioned in the beginning, and this is, this is what Spencer talked about in depth uh, last week during when he guest hosted this show. There are, there are general privileges and rights that come with incorporation that come with, um, with, with any corporation. And then there are special, there are special privileges that are given just to, you or your business based on who you or your business is. And that is a carve out. that's crony capitalism. that's that's picking and choosing who you want to be advantaged or who you want not to be advantaged. And so you you can argue that the rest of these that the rest of these carve outs, the rest of these independent districts shouldn't be or that we should we should um, really seriously consider whether states should, be giving any special treatment to any business or whether it should be an even playing field but I don't I don't think it's quite I don't think it's quite an accurate analogy it's really not quite fair to say that this is not a carve out clearly it's a carve out 40 square miles that Disney controls um, I mean, they're allowed to have their own police force. They don't—they're not required to abide by any kind of state standards when it comes to building or plumbing or fire. Or and I mean, this—this this really is like—it's it, almost like a, a, an Indian reservation. The—the um, the amount or the amount of power and control that Disney has autonomously over over their, their area, their, their, their large tract of land here. And that is not true. And I would also argue, by the way, if, I mean, he used this example of the Orlando International Airport or the Daytona International Speedway. If these places, these individual places had as much power as Disney and were dedicated to a queer agenda to sexualizing our children, then they should also lose their status. It should be reevaluated. So as I said, not a convincing argument. Cook says, if, as they claim to be, Florida's elected Republicans are worried that independent special district status has been selectively granted over the years, then they ought to be looking to extend it more fairly, not to grant it even more selectively. Yeah, that's what I just said. We should, we should consider whether there should be any special district status. At one level, Disney's critics understand that at this point, Disney's setup in Florida is like Chesterton's fence. Sure, everyone involved can knock it over if they want to, but to do so for no good reason would be stupid in the extreme, and yet, inexplicably, they are proceeding anyway. What's Disney going to do, they ask correctly, pack up and move to Illinois? No, Disney is not going to do that because Disney has invested massively in Florida and because as a result, its path is dependent on that initial decision. But as with other massive investments in the state, that dependency works both ways. Fifty years after its founding, Walt Disney World is deeply rooted in Florida soil. As a result of agreements the Florida legislature made with it in good faith to poison that soil over a temporary spat would be absurd. And this kind of goes back to when when we unpacked the David French article about free speech and Disney last week. Um my my summary of why his article was incorrect was because he his premise was incorrect. His premise that hate speech laws that are imposed by the left that are vague and apply to conservative principles that David French posited that those are virtuous, they had virtuous intentions in the creation of those laws, that they were, they were well, they were well-meaning people with good intentions, just trying to protect marginalized individuals or groups from being offended. But he said the the legal application of those well-intentions, those virtuous laws were was problematic. And I said, no, 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 this this is this is not a virtuous intention. These are not good intentioned people. These are Marxists who are using. Who are using marginalized individuals or marginalized groups as pawns? So using them almost like human shields, so that conservatives, when we say, "Wait, we don't want hate speech laws," that the left can hold up those marginalized groups and say, "Why do you hate these groups? Why do you want to be mean to these groups?" That it, that it shifts the argument away from the free speech aspect of it to, um, well, to to a fallacy. And um, it, and Cook, I think, falls for the same thing. This, I mean, this is not a temporary spat. This is Marxist agenda. This is this is part of. The Marxist assault on our nation. They, they're assaulting our children. They're assaulting parental rights. You can read Marxist theory yourself. You can read Marxist academics. You can read, um, you can listen, you can listen to the very words of the radical left. I mean, Black Lives Matter says they want to abolish the nuclear family. The policies of the Democratic Party um, follow the same line of thought. They disincentivize marriage. They incentivize um, single motherhood. They they essentially incentivize absent fathers. They they want children to be at least treated as property of the state versus under the dominion of their parents. Um, this this is part of the Marxist agenda. If you don't understand at the base level what the motivation, the political agenda of the left is, then you're going to come to wrong conclusions. So to to poison the soil, he says over a temporary spat would be absurd. I don't think this is a temporary spat. I think that this is a critical juncture in the fight between conservatism and Marxism here in our country. And if anybody's doing the poisoning, it's certainly Disney poisoning the mind of our children. So Cook says, in conclusion, he says, a good question to ask in politics is, and then what? And so it is here. I have no doubt that if they really want to, Governor DeSantis and the Republican majorities in the state legislature can revoke Walt Disney World's special status, and I have no doubt that in the short term, they might profit politically from doing so. But then what? Does the curriculum bill become even more the law? Of course not. In all likelihood, all that happens is Florida's zoning policy gets a little worse. The legislature elects to tie itself up for years in extremely complex and costly litigation meant to untangle the state from Disney, and other large businesses note for the record that Florida's Um, admirable, admirable commitment to solving big and complicated problems should henceforth be regarded with an asterisk. That's not fighting. It's a tantrum, he concludes. Okay. I like Genucel because it works for both men and women. Gentlemen, you know that your wives use your razor. I just did this actually when we were on when we were traveling last week, I used my husband's razor. And likewise, we ladies know that our husbands use our skincare products. So let me introduce you to Genucel. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing the new Genucel Serum with plant stem cell technology for under eye bags and puffiness. Let me show you my two favorite products would you look at that? I just happened coincidentally to have them sitting on my desk next to me. Here we have the plant stem cell therapy anti-wrinkle treatment, which is fabulous. And here we have the immediate effects too. This is a new and improved formula. And here's what I will say. The reason that these are my favorite products is because with Cells instant effects, you will see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. I guarantee it. If you order now, you can save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Just go to GenuCell.com slash Liz. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Liz. If you use my promo code Liz, you can get an extra 10% off your order today. Go to com slash Liz and use promo code Liz for an extra 10% off your order today. So Charles Cook makes the same mistake that David French does. He doesn't recognize the political agenda of the radical left or how, how... the radical left targeting children, Disney, trying to queer children through their programming, through their art form, this medium of indoctrination. What a um what, what an existential threat this is to children's innocence, to parents' dominion over their their children, to um a free, a free um America. This this is a fundamental threat to our to our country. And David French, too. Um, tweeted, and I want to show this on the screen. He he sent out this tweet. He said, Hobby Lobby won at the Supreme Court. Masterpiece Cake Shop won at the Supreme Court. Speech codes have been struck down from coast to coast. When parts of the left tried to suppress liberty, they lost. So it's just false to say that the only option is to fight fire with fire. And I, I think that this is an incorrect take as well. Hobby Lobby did win at the Supreme Court because they had the capacity to fight this. And Masterpiece Cake Shop, think about Jack Phillips for a second. First of all, he's still in court. The radical left has never stopped their assault on him. After he very narrowly won at the Supreme Court, meaning there was there was no precedent set by the Supreme Court's ruling on Jack Phillips and Masterpiece Cake Shop, they just found very narrowly that Jack Phillips had been the target of um, basically animosity towards his religious beliefs. Um, based on how the state treated him in their interactions. This was not this was not a broad ruling on whether someone may run their business according to their own religious beliefs. This was a very narrow religious animus violation on behalf of the state. And that's why Jack Phillips won. And then after he won that, transgender activists asked him to bake a transgender transition cake. And Jack Phillips is fighting that in court. He hasn't been in his bakery in like 10 years. So this is, to me, this is a an absurd argument. David French should know better than to make this argument because um, these aren't real wins. People are self-censoring. Conservatives are doing business, are afraid of being targeted, their individual businesses or their persons being targeted by the left, by government. And there's, there's a huge difference, a huge difference between a corporation like Disney who was granted special governing status by the state of Florida in the interest of the people, and then when they stopped serving the interest of the people, having that revoked because it's required by the Florida state constitution to reevaluate whether it's still serving the interest of the people, um, there's a very big difference between that And between the left using the power of the government to target an individual and try to take away not special status, but generalized rights that every business and every person and every corporation is supposed to enjoy. Two wildly, wildly different things. And um, this should be obvious. Jonah Goldberg also, and we can show this on the screen too. He says, I'm just trying to imagine what folks on the right would say if a liberal politician said they might back off Hobby Lobby if they changed their politics. So again, this is, this, this, ignores who the radical left is and how the radical left operates because liberals never back off. They never back off. I mean, what did I just say about about Jack Phillips? They have never backed off. Chick-fil-A was actually essentially banished from, from London in the UK because of their politics. Remember, Chick Fil A is not open on Sundays. They have Bible verses on the bottom of their of their cups, and their their the family that owns it gave money to pro traditional marriage organizations and and funds. I mean, this think about the little, little Sisters of the Poor. These are Catholic nuns who didn't want to be forced to um, subsidize. Abortifacient birth control, because that not only does contraception violate Catholic doctrine, but so does so does abortion. This is two in one. And the Obama administration, the radical left, took them to court for eight years, eight years before the Supreme Court finally put a stop to that. The radical left never stops. They don't back off. So this, this is a false premise to say, imagine if a liberal politician said, oh, we'll back off if you change your politics. No, no, the radical left is never going to be happy until conservatives and anything that expresses a conservative viewpoint is completely silenced, completely ostracized, completely um, intolerant. And they're, they're so intolerant that they will, they will not allow even an iota. Of conservative of conservative thought or conservative speech to exist they label us our words as violence they try to censor us and stifle us so it's a false premise to suggest that this is potato potato again there's a big difference between retaliating based on someone's political activity or political activity in the case of Disney remember being they they're they're speaking out or trying to pressure DeSantis about a piece of legislation or their queering agenda, which was exposed by Chris Rufo in those videos from behind the scenes of, um, of Disney videos here. Um, so as I said, this understanding, if you if you zoom out here and remember the history of Disney, remember the history of this special governing status in in the first place. I mean, in 1967, they were granted this. By the way, the way that they even acquired all of this land was done in a legal but very sharky way. It was done through shell corporations. Disney registered all kinds of corporations under all kinds of different names to buy up all this land so that nobody else noticed that this land was being bought, so that nobody else bought the land, thus increasing, you know, Disney buying up this land because they want to build this park, increases the value of the land. They didn't want other people to come in and buy adjacent land. That would then cost Disney more. So they've created all these shell corporations, tried to keep it under wraps, um, and they're allowed to do that. You can even argue that's just, that's just capitalism. That's just being clever, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm not saying I have a problem with it, but all of these things are factors in whether Disney is bringing value to the people of Florida, whether they're acting in the interest of the people of, of Florida, and as I said, I'm going to keep repeating this because the Florida state constitution requires reevaluation of whether these special governing districts are still necessary and still good and still serve the interests of the people. Um, and Disney has provided a reason now that the legislature perhaps didn't have in a, in a way that caused them to prioritize this, didn't have before now. Very very big differences that these, like I said, it's not just people on the left, there are people on the right who are misunderstanding the fights between Florida and, and Disney underlying all of this is the agenda of the left. What is the agenda of the left? It's Marxism. It's control. Disney was carrying water for the left's agenda, which was hurting the people. And as I said, if you zoom out here for the entire Republican party and the conservative movement, this is actually how you hold big business accountable. This is how you hold big business accountable by severing the ties between big business and big government. Because our, our capitalist system or our free market system isn't, like the freest of markets. It isn't the most capitalist of system. There is a lot of crony capitalism that happens. There are a lot of special deals and picking and choosing that happens between government and these organizations or businesses that the government thinks serves the government's purpose and therefore encourages or incentivizes or helps the entity succeed because it serves the government's purpose. They become sort of para-government entities. And um the way to hold big business accountable, the way to prevent them from being woke, is to sever big government from big business, so that big business, when they're evaluating their business interests, they're just thinking about their shareholders. They're just thinking about does this benefit our business. They're not thinking about well, does the government want me to do this? Does the government not want me to do this? Um, will the government protect me if I take a political position instead of being instead of a business or a financial decision? Sever big business from big government. Um, and Disney is a perfect example, by the way, of how big business is moving away from the shareholder model of capitalism to the stakeholder model of capitalism as taught by the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. Now, I like ExpressVPN because it keeps me and my family safe from hackers on the internet, but I also like ExpressVPN because with it, I get access to a whole lot more content on Netflix. Here's what I mean, let me explain with an analogy. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like paying for a gym membership, but only being able to use the treadmill. You are limited, that's not worth it. But if you use ExpressVPN with Netflix, it helps you unblock content on Netflix so you get access to the whole gym, get the analogy. Because ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so that you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have almost 100 different server locations so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. And this works with many other streaming services too, not just Netflix, we're talking BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and more. It's also super easy to use. You just open the app, you select a location, tap one button to connect, and then refresh the page to access the geo-restricted show that you want to watch. So be smart. Stop paying full full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash Liz. If you use my link, expressvpn.com slash link, you will get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Three months free. That's a good deal right there. Expressvpn.com slash Liz. So what Disney has shown us or their behavior has been a good illustration of is how these big corporations, when they're so tied to big business, or when big business is so tied to big government, I should say, they're moving away from this idea that they are accountable first and foremost to their shareholders, and they're moving towards this this stakeholder idea. Now you'll remember when we were talking about the great reset and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab how I said Klaus Schwab has has said he has he has written out exactly what he wants to happen to not only our economy here in the United States but the world economy he doesn't want capitalism to be the system that we have now. He wants capitalism to be transformed into big businesses that instead of just taking into account their, their profit margin and their financials, he wants them to take into consideration things like climate change and equity and diversity and inclusion. And he wants them, when they're making these decisions, you know, whether it's hiring decisions or merchandising decisions or any, any decisions, he wants them to take into account um, these, these stakeholders. And he calls them stakeholders because he says, you know, you know, people are impacted by climate change. Therefore, climate change has a stake in the behavior of your business because your, your behavior impacts climate change, which is, it's a very, it's a stretch. It's a bad argument. It's a way, of course, for the radical left to control big business, the radical left in in big government controlling big business. This is what Disney has done. This is what Disney has done. They are not acting in the interest of their shareholders. They're not acting in the interest of their employees. They're not acting in the interest of their business itself. If they were acting in the business, in the interest of just their business, then their biggest shareholders would have been would have been like Disney, "WTF are you doing? You are you are causing over 40 billion dollars to drop off of the value of the company based on based on your behavior, on your adherence to these woke ideologies." And yet, that's not what happened. Disney continues; they continue, actually, to this day, to double down on the woke ideology, the the queer agenda, the LGBTQ advocacy, because they are acting as if it is a stakeholder economy versus a shareholder economy. They are acting in their political interests and not their business interests. And one of the reasons they're able to do that is because they have this special governing district. It saves them millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. So. It's not revenge. It's not retaliation from DeSantis and the legislature in Florida. It's, it's good business on their part, and it's necessary to ensure that businesses and corporations like Disney are run based on business interests and not based on politics. There's also, by the way, this narrative that's come from the left. This is just a mainstream media Democrat talking point that um, says that taxpayers in Florida are now gonna be on the hook for these, these tens of millions of extra, of, of dollars worth of um, taxes, once the the special governing district is disbanded and all of these services are going to have to be rendered by the two counties that Disney spans or that on which Disney is located. And um, this is false. This is absolutely false. It it is true that somebody will have to pay for those services if it's not going to be the special governing district. It certainly will be those two counties on which Disney is located. Um, The difference is those two counties are now going to be able to tax Disney in order to pay for those services, um, Disney was paying basically to themselves. Now they will be paying the counties. So no, taxpayers will not be um, subject to crazy increased taxes just to fund Desantis's revenge or retaliation. Overall, to sum up here, this, this, this idea that what DeSantis is doing or what DeSantis in the legislature is doing is an abuse of power is simply false. It's not an abuse of power at all. It's not an abuse of power at all. In fact, it, it is exactly what... Um, the government should be doing. They should be acting in the interest of the people and they should be exercising the power that they have been given by the people, by the Florida State Constitution, um, to act in the interest of the people. And if a circumstance like Disney's behavior changes, whether or not their special governing status is in the interest of the people or is not anymore, then they should adjust their behavior accordingly and exercise their power um, differently than they were before before. Um, you can contrast this, by the way, to how some of the squishy Republicans have done the opposite. Squishy Republican governors around the co- country have done the opposite. They've actually caved to these woke corporations when woke corporations have tried to throw their weight around. Think of Governor Christy Noem. What did she do? Well, she caved to the NCAA and to the Chamber of Commerce over a bill that would have prohibited Biological males from competing in women's sports. Governor Asa Hutchinson did the same thing when a bill came to his desk that would have banned um, hormone therapy, transgender hormone therapy, and surgeries, transition surgeries for minors in his state. He caved to these woke these woke corporations, these these threats from the radical left, big business tied with big governor or big government, and. Um, I don't know. It's refreshing and it's right and it's proper, it's just and it's necessary to see DeSantis acting in this way, exercising the power given to him by the people and by the constitution of his state to protect the interests of the people who elected him to represent them. Again, if you want to talk about abuse of power, I mean we can talk about the Department of Justice, we can talk about the FBI, we can talk about the IRS. We can talk about you know, January 6th. We can talk about Gretchen Whitmer. There's all kinds of stuff we can talk about if you want to talk about government entities abusing their power to target individual people based on their political beliefs. But that is not what's happening in Florida right now. That is not what DeSantis and the legislature have done to Disney. Disney is not serving the interest of the people. And the Florida state legislature, as appropriate, as is appropriate, um, under the terms of the Constitution, are reevaluating the special governing status, and you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Over on Locals, we are going to talk about the trial of Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. There's an effort to render her ineligible to run for Congress. Again, instead of just trying to defeat her at the ballot box, there are leftists who are trying to say, you are not allowed to run for Congress. We're going to break that down because there's several very interesting, very threatening things at play there. You can join us at lizwheelershow.com slash locals. And The promo code if you want one month free on your annual subscription is access. LizWheelershow.com slash locals, promo code access for one month free. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay, executive producer, Chad Abbott, director of photography, Kevin McRoberts, editor, Alejandro Figuerela, sound mixer, Robin Fenderson, Director of Marketing, Emily Washler, Production and Talent Coordinator, Matt Toffler. And Senior Publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront Production.